a smoky pub in Manchester, England. It's the mid-1970s. A chance encounter is about to launch a 30-year career in advertising for Rick Blears. I didn't intend to get into advertising, but I went out for a pint one lunchtime and met a bloke in a pub called Terry. In this episode, Rick gets a trial as a copywriter. That's someone who writes the words that go into ads. But can he sell trousers? The active man about town and disco goer will love these slim cut, four pocket, two button, three zip, navy, you know, that's, you're very nearly, you're very nearly there. <laughs> and coming up, he accidentally becomes part of the furniture at Manchester's biggest advertising agency. I got called into the, the creative director's office and he said, uh, if you don't mind me asking, who, who actually hired you? And <laughs> then the next thing I knew, I got a salary check. <laughs> well, the way I got into advertising was that I went to the pub on lunchtime in Manchester and unbeknown to me, it was one of the, the pubs where advertising people went. There were perhaps 20 advertising agencies around Manchester and they had their own pubs where uh, people were, they would go. I didn't know it was an advertising pub, but I ended up next to the bar having a chat with a bloke called Terry, Terry Critchley. And Terry Critchley was the, the copy chief, I mean, the copywriting chief, of an agency which uh, was called Royds at the time, but which is now called McCann, McCann Eriks. So it was a big agency, big, the most substantial agency in Manchester. I met Terry in a pub. That was, we were talking about uh, the things I'd been up to, and he said, well, can you, can you write a bit? And I said, well, yeah, I've, I've, I've done my fair share of, you know, writing bits of copy for, for film posters and that sort of stuff. So, well, could you write about trousers? So I said, yeah, I could write about trousers. Why? Somebody has to, I suppose. You know, well, come, in, come into the office tomorrow. And we're doing a mail-order catalogue with 2,500 items in it, and they all have to be described, you know, gloves, knickers, underpants, socks. I mean, they all have to have a 10-word, 15-word description. And he said, I've been doing it for weeks. I'm sick to death of it. I keep taking it home. We've got another 2,500 descriptions to do, so do you want to come in and do those? You know, we'll pay you a freelance rate. So as I didn't have any other source of income, I thought, well, I might as well go into the heart of Manchester's biggest advertising agency and start talking about courses. So, this was the mid-70s you're talking about? I guess in the mid-70s, yes, when mail order was king. I mean, John Moore's catalogue, British Home Store's catalogue, these, these were, you know huge, huge enterprises. They were the Amazon of their day. I mean, the, you know, everyone had a mail order catalogue. They were like telephone directories. And the huge sections of the of the population bought everything on credit through the through the mail order catalogue. So you could buy everything in it, you know, crockery, homewares, bedding, anything that would go in a department store were in these mail order catalogues. Littlewoods was the big one, of course. The pools firm. And so they were they were all based in Liverpool or Manchester, and they were and they were huge businesses, you know, and monumental monumental businesses of their day, the Amazons of their day. If you like. So I started writing about trousers, you know, and found out you sell ten times more trousers if you have them in a walking shot than if you have really? them in a stride shot. Yeah, yeah. There were only amazing facts about mail order 
that they knew, you know, if you had three pairs of knickers on one shot, you only sold half as many as if you had five pairs of knickers on one shot, all different colours. I mean, there were all these things that only people who'd been in mail order their entire lives knew. So how did you go about writing, like, ten words for 2,000 pairs of underwear and stuff? Uh, you have to write something new. Did they give you kind of a, a briefing on it? No, no, they just chucked a photograph and said, talk about that. I said, well, is it twill? Is it wicker work? What's it made of? You know, how many buttons? Oh, it's a six-button, three-pack, double-pocketed, back-pocketed, buttons or zipped back pocket, you know, turn-ups or no turn-ups, all the kind of stuff so you could... So what sort of line? Give me a line of what you would write, then. Um, the uh, the active man about town and disco goer will love these slim cut, four pocket, two button, three zip, no turn up, side hemmed, bell bottomed, uh, twill, navy. You know that's you're very nearly you're very nearly there. So I found I you know I found I could do this. You basically looked at the photograph and described what was in the photograph. So I, Terry kept saying, oh, do you want to come do a few more tomorrow? <laughs> Done 10 today, 15 tomorrow, 20 the day after. And, you know, time went by and the freelance rate kept ticking up. So I thought, well, you know, this is going to feed my children if I keep it going. And uh, so I kept on going into the copy department and there was a desk, a spare desk, which, I, which became my desk. It was my hot desk, as it were. So Terry kept chucking at me, though, we're doing raincoats today, or, you know, we're doing overalls, or we're doing uh, gardening gloves, or, you know, whatever. And these things had everything in them. Uh, and at one point, he'd say, well, you seem to be quite good at this, you know, writing about stuff, things. So, so we carried on doing it. And uh, the, the, the customer at the time was to go for a pint at lunchtime, every lunchtime. I think Terry mostly kept me on, because he wanted someone to go for a pint with him at lunchtime. And, and taught, tell stories to, because Terry was an encyclopedic container of stories. And um, anyway, uh, it must have been three weeks when someone from the production department came by. These were people who monitored the workflow through the agency and made sure everything was being charged for and made uh, you know made certain that that everything was being charged for. So I had to do little little forms to fill in to give this production guy. The production guy said, um, uh, "How long have you been? How long have you been working for us now?" So I said, "Well, three weeks." He said, "Well, right, okay, I'll speak to them upstairs." So I had no idea what he was talking about. So I carried on for a few more days, and um, I got called into the the creative director's office. And he said, uh, if you don't mind me asking, who who actually hired you? And <laughs> I said, Terry Critchley, the copy chief, you know, who, you know, I met him in the pub and we, we, I've, I've been working there for three weeks now. He said, oh, well, I'd better tell them in accounts. I said, oh, how do you write? All right, well, fine. <laughs> Went back to my desk. Then the next thing I knew, I got a salary check turned up in the post. And you know, I thought, well, I'm not saying anything. So you got all 2,000 trousers, sock <laughs> and underwear ads written then, yeah. and you accidentally got yourself a job. Well, uh, and a few more days went by, and uh, a chap from the HR department came around and said, I, I, I hear you now work here. And I said, oh, that's, I'm glad to, glad to hear you. He said, what, what salary are you on? 
So I had to think very, very quickly. And, uh, and you remember these are days when you could buy a house for, you know, three and a half thousand pounds. So I, I picked a figure, I can't remember what it was now, I picked a figure out there, you know, 2,200 a year or something that sounded, 2,250 a year, or what, it sounded convincing. And he said, all right, okay then, and wrote it down. And I was there for <laughs> I was there for four years. And uh, at one point the creative director said, who, who did actually hire you here? And I said, well, I sort of slipped, <laughs> slipped into it. <laughs> Enjoying the podcast? Maybe you work in the ad business and need help writing sparkling copy about trousers. Drop Rick Blaze a line. He's at Grumbo on Twitter. The music Nobody Knows You by Jimmy Cox is performed by Rick. The podcast is produced by me, Steve Blears.